thank you so much to our new Patreon subscribers. Michael Rivera, Kayla McGown, Crybaby Kayla, Mariko, and Haley Warren. You are the hot to our pocket. Folks, thank you so much for signing up for the Patreon. It really helps out a lot, and we will try to get as much cool behind-the-scenes content toward you as we possibly can. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, the podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, Keanu Reeves and China Mieville are set to collaborate on a new novel. The novel is called The Book of Elsewhere, and is set in the Berserker universe co-created by Reeves for a comic series, which was published in 2021. China Mieville is a celebrated British author known for his Bass Lag series comprising Perdido Street Station, The Scar, and Iron Council, among other works like Kraken, Rail Sea, and The City and the City. And Keanu Reeves is some actor. I don't know who like Keanu Reeves is, but yeah, I'm sure Keanu Reeves is a cool guy. But I mean, China Mieville, right? Like China Mieville is super, super awesome. Dude, also Keanu Reeves. He's awesome. I, I was trying to play off Keanu Reeves, but... Uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is cool. I'm sure that this will be equal parts the weirdest thing I've ever seen and totally badass. I think it'll be really, really cool. Uh, I mean, Keanu Reeves is just, he seems to have really awesome taste in the projects that he chooses to do. Uh, he goes after it with a lot of heart. I know that the training he went through for John Wick was just really, really rigorous. I mean, he just seems to take all of his projects really seriously. He's very passionate about them. And then China Mieville is one is just an absolutely brilliant, one of the most unique minds of any author that I've read, especially like modern authors. If you're listening right now and you've never read any China Mieville, you should read China Mieville. Like Perdido Street Station, that's the place to start. It's awesome. It's excellent. Move on to Rail Sea. I haven't read any China Mieville. Dude, yeah, yeah everybody should read him. <laughs> He's really, really good. Perdido is on my uh, TBR, though, for sure. Like, not yeah. even very far away. So I've been really been trying to read this did you know that keanu reeves presented each one of his stunt member team with a rolex watch a ten thousand dollar rolex watch just to say thank you isn't that cool i did hear about that yeah i think he donated a lot of the money he made from the, the matrix and stuff yeah he's a uh he's a very chill dude yeah sounds like a stand-up guy yeah he, he's, he doesn't flaunt his wealth really he had he's given quite a bit of away um he's he's had kind of like a sad uh, situation with like I think it was his mom and his sister or something like that. I think one I can't remember exactly what it was, but the, the dude has just had a really intense life. But also, it sounds like a pretty cool, like uh, creative and passionate one too. Also, I'd love to be able to talk to Keanu Reeves for even like thirty seconds in an elevator. Well, the cool thing is he would talk to you. You know, like there's so many stories yeah, on the probably, internet yeah. of, and like video. Those are people being like, hey, can we like get some pictures? And he's like, of course. And then he like takes him out to eat or something. You know, it's just like really cool <laughs> stories like that of Keanu. I don't know about China Mievo. He looks like he, uh, he, he I don't know how, how nice he would be. Maybe he'd be cool. Maybe I'm just like judging him because he just looks a little, looks a little standoffish. He looks like a bouncer at like a strip club kind of. You know what I mean? Where it's like, he, like he, yeah. he's cool, but he, like I just don't talk to him. Right. You see his face. You're like, that face has gotten some knife fights, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But maybe he's maybe not at all. But I'm really excited for this because, yeah, these two minds working together. It was just one of those things that I, I saw the headline and I was like, is that, is that real? Like, what? Those really? Right. And then it, wow. like, the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, actually. It's a good idea. 
And then another piece of news, not as big of news, but uh, Tor.com is rebranding to Reactor and will be launching a redesigned website on January 23rd. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tor.com is an online magazine. Uh, it's won a bunch of like Locus Awards and Hugo Awards and stuff. I think Hugo Award or Locus Award, I think, for best magazine like seven years in a row. Uh, it's also home to an award-winning short fiction program, which is a very popular short fiction program, which has turned out like just dozens of acclaimed authors uh, the, the new name will quote reflect its independence from tour publishing group i don't know i i think it's still tour though <laughs> isn't it or i don't know uh now it's, it's, it's not complicated tour it's not tour anything it's reactor now but the short fiction program uh will continue under the reactor name and now it's going to do more than science fiction and fantasy it's going to do horror and romance too so that's pretty cool but it's like all kinds of free short stories on tour.com tour.com does rereads so they did a read through of Dragonlance, like Dragonlance chronicles uh, so while i was reading those i would kind of go and just kind of like if i hadn't read it for a few days i would go check out the chapter i had just read and then read the recap that they have it's all in it's all printed and stuff uh, and then they did they did one for malazan but while we're on the subject everybody while we're still talking about malazan stuff chad and i just got finished recording our first malazan episode which will be up tomorrow hot off the press and filled with hype oh man that was a <laughs> that was a doozy of an episode that was a doozy of an episode but uh, everybody that's uh, reading along with malazan I personally would not recommend, I know it's tempting, and I'm not just trying to like get you to listen to our podcast or anything, but I wouldn't recommend listen or reading the tour reread of Malazan unless you're really careful about it and you just read the recaps. Don't read like the typed out like thoughts that the, that the people that are doing it have uh, below the recaps because they might give something away because they're doing a reread. It's not a read through. They're reading it again and they already know about stuff. And I, I think they're pretty tight with their spoilers, but I don't know, man. Looking stuff up on the internet is just such a gamble. Like, it's just... <laughs> you just you, you never really it. know what you're going to get. I like the Tor.com thing uh, because it is really confusing, you know, because there's like Tor yeah. books, there's Tor.com publishing, there's a Tor browser. There's like, they've got all sorts of uh, different projects. All of them are owned by Tor publishing, I believe. So I think it's just kind of their uh, trying browser to is. separate. I think Tor browser is like a totally different thing. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's like, like how you get on like the dark or web or something. Oh, it is. It's an onion browser. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're totally right. I don't I know like, why I threw that one in there. Tor. Tor was in the name and I was just like, Tor browser, I guess. Oh, I don't my know. God. Oh, that's funny. I'm so glad you clarified. I was, I was like, dude, we're gonna get sued. Like, don't say that. Dude, I've downloaded I should have known better. I've downloaded and used a Tor browser before. Oh my god. That's funny. But yeah, just kind of trying to uh, clean that up because obviously yeah. it's very confusing. And Reactor, the name I think is from like the point of the website, right? Is to react to like fantasy books and stuff that have come out. Maybe, but I mean it's also cool because the last three letters are T-O-R. So it's like Reactor. So it's right, like the right, name, right. The, the word is still in there, or the name is still in the word. So that's kind of cool. It's like a little rocket ship. I don't know. It looks cool. Totally. But yeah, that's it for the news. Uh, I'm just going to go. I'm going to dive right into my week real quick because I didn't really do a whole bunch here. Dive, baby, dive. Uh, so I finished Bookshops and Bone Dust, the prequel to Legends and Lattes by Ooh. Travis Baldry. Uh, about like a month and a half late. I was kind of trying to read it in November, but I just got overwhelmed with everything else that I have to do. But uh, man, Bookshops and Bone Dust, that was really good. I, I mean, I don't mean to sound so surprised, but I just, I wasn't expecting it to be better than Legends and Lattes. I liked it more. Is it really? Wow. Dude, I liked it a lot more. Like, I, I mean, I, I like Legends and Lattes a lot, but I feel like it was just, it was set in like this just stock 
fantasy town. That was, if there was like one thing about Legends and Lattes that I just wasn't super stoked on, it just felt like insert fantasy cozy town here. I mean, I think that's almost the point. I know right? that, but like for me personally, with Bookshops and Bone Dust, it's like this coastal village. You know, oh. so it's it's got such a better vibe to it in my opinion. It's like it's like a bookstore. It's really cool. There's a there's a homunculus. There's like a skeleton man that's like I don't want to give anything away, but he's like so wholesome. Everything's so cool. A wholesome homunculus skeleton man. It's it's a very very good book. Uh, the writing feels like much better, even though the writing already was really solid for Legends and Lattes because I, like Travis Baldry had been reading so many audiobooks. Like I feel like he just had a good. Uh, mind for dialogue cadence and you know how much time to spend describing stuff like the dude has read so many fantasy books at this point and he was writing before that too he just has a handle on it but this just feels like it feels more confident it feels like he's happy to be here in the, in this setting and i'm happy to be there in this setting i mean like in viv's whole arc like the whole book seems to be kind of about like the right things happening at the wrong time you know and and just kind of like not really knowing like where you're going to end up, but like being where you end up is actually like, okay, you know, depending on like your, your perspective of it and stuff. It's just had a good message to it. Can you give me like a 30 second synopsis of the story? Yeah. Spoiler free. Um, so Viv, the main character of Legends and Lattes, this is a prequel. So she's in a fight uh, and gets seriously injured in the fight. It has to basically just hang out in this small town, this small coast, coastal town and just rest up while uh, Rockham's Ravens, the mercenary group i guess you could call it that she was a part of goes off without her to go fight battles and stuff and so she's just like man like i'm just stuck here like this sucks um from there though she kind of starts to get more involved in the goings on of this town and there's like an overarching kind of like villain thing going on kind of but it's like all the best parts of legends and lattes in a coastal town it's really cool it's a really good book i and i, I was just surprised because like i was just i was just expecting it to be like you know just right right on the same down to the atom like just exactly the same as legends and lattes and i don't mean anything by that it's just what my that's what i was prepared for but i wasn't totally. prepared to like like it a lot more you know so it was just a nice surprise uh also i read a novella called the tusks of extinction which comes out today actually if you're listening to this on monday it's funny timing but i got an arc of it from tour.com actually it's by ray naylor who wrote a, a book called the mountain in the sea which is a really cool book. I would definitely recommend it. I liked the, the Tusks of Extinction a little bit more, personally. The Tusks of Extinction is a novella, and it's about... Let me try to explain this as best as I can. Okay. It is wacky, and it is really, really cool. And, and I just did an interview with Ray Naylor, too. You can go listen to that. Um, and that was a really... <laughs> We, we both like lost track of time and he was like, oh my God, I got to go pick up my daughter from school or I think that was what it was, but he had to go and he really <laughs> had to go. We like completely forgot about clocks because we were talking. It was a really interesting conversation. But anyway, the Tusks of Extinction is about an effort to de-extinct or bring back the woolly mammoth, right? But the process isn't working because when you introduce an extinct animal back into a, an ecosystem that extinct animal isn't quite you have to use a um, a surrogate the process isn't exactly the same so it's not going to be the exact same animal so putting it back into that environment isn't going to work really exactly the same not to mention the, that symbiotic kind of like uh, relationship it had to the other you know like birds and plants and bugs and stuff like that it's not quite the same because the thing has been gone for thousands of years so now the environment's a little bit different so what they do is they take the DNA or like the the consciousness of a of somebody who was working against people that were poaching elephants and who had studied elephants a lot and they put her 
consciousness into the mind of a what into the mind of a woolly mammoth and made her into the matriarch of like these woolly mammoths because they weren't eating like they weren't (laughs) it's such a cool book dude and it's funny because i didn't know what the hell was going on for like the first like 20 pages of it and it's like a 100 page book so i was just like oh my god what am i what did i get myself into here you know what i mean like i don't know what the hell this is and then it's just like there's like one conversation that just kind of makes everything click and you're like are you kidding me like is that what this book is about and then it is about that man it was was just it was another really cool surprise for me for this week where like i just wasn't super expecting it to like really blow my mind that much and then it super did i was able to talk to the author the week that i read it which is such a good experience it was such a good reading experience because i got to read it i got my mind blown and then i was like okay mister like what the hell happened here (laughs) you know what i mean i was like can you can we talk more about this with the person that wrote it so that was really cool but yeah i would definitely recommend it it's awesome and those are the two books that i finished i am still reading gardens of the moon obviously i haven't even started the like we got to where we were supposed to get to for the episode that we just recorded but i think the next two books aren't really that long but i'm confused like the first book <laughs> is very easy to understand for the most part and then the second book Darugistan, i was just like oh, i forgot everything about this <laughs> i don't know what any of this stuff is taking it alone is kind of hard because it's just it, it's a book yes it's a full and complete book within a book but i mean but it's not complete by any means it's like a little sliver of it and so it's like there's so much more filling in that's going to occur in the pages very near to yeah. where we finished you know it's fine I'm, I'm excited to get through gardens of the moon i like it just fine but dead house gates is just that's the that's the one everybody trust me if, yeah. if you get through dead house gates and you're like i hate these books then you should stop reading malazan's not for you can I give a synopsis? It's, I don't think it's a, a spoiler, is it? If I give a synopsis of Deadhouse Gates? I mean, I just want to hear you try. So yeah, Okay, well, it. I mean, it's basically... Okay, so <laughs> if I recall correctly, because it's been over a decade since I've read them all, but Deadhouse Gates is... Okay, one of the things that one of the things like, that Malazan one of the things that Malazan is critiqued for is kind of being all over the place sometimes. And Deadhouse Gates is nice in that, like, there's a revolution that occurs on the continent that the Malaz Empire is in hold of. And one of their largest armies is on the other side of a continent across an ocean. Different continent. And so Deadhouse Gates, a different continent, yeah. So Deadhouse Gates is that army learning that the Malaz home territory is under rebellion right now. And the Empress is like, we need you back right now. And so Deadhouse Gates is the story of them going from one side of the continent over to the other side of the continent. But as they go back, all the places that they've taken over have been having rebellions. So they have to like refight their way across the continent. Is that what the Chain of Dogs is? I can't remember. Is it, It's called the Chain yeah. of Dogs, right? Yes, I think so. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. But it's really awesome, and it's more <laughs> focused, which is nice, as opposed to the rest of Malazan, which can sometimes be all over the place, yeah. Some people on some of my social media accounts have, like, when I posted a picture of me reading um, Gardens of the Moon, a lot of people were like, you shouldn't start with Gardens of the Moon, just start with Deadhouse Gates. And it's like, dude, what Wait, the what? hell are you talking about? Like, no, no. that's a terrible idea. Like, well, why would you do that? I actually had in my brain that I wasn't going to like it very much, and it was kind of a... a wreck of a book and on the reread and perhaps it is the reread the second time that i'm reading it which is why it's better and i understand it more but like i'm not reading this and being like what a disaster i'm really enjoying it and it's not as confusing as i originally remember though again that's probably a consequence of me having read it before i'll be in a decade totally okay so that's my little malazan spiel um i still haven't started lightbringer but if you're listening to this on monday then the dark age episode came out today and so dark age is finished up uh, we got that in the in the bag uh so lightbringer will be coming shortly that's our last red rising book and i'll be starting that 
I probably have already started it by the time you're listening to this. So I don't have any thoughts on Lightbringer yet, but I will uh, next week. And I also just got Binti by Nettie Accord for in the mail. It's a pretty short book. It's three novellas stacked into one book. So it's like 300 some odd pages. And we'll be doing one episode for Binti, hopefully this week, maybe early next week. But then that will free us up. Once we finish Lightbringer and Binti, we will be doing just Malazan and Throne of Glass, which yeah. is going to be great. I'm really excited to read Binti, though. Oh, yeah. Binti sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to read the entire thing right here, but if you're curious, everybody, just go look up like the little blurb for uh, for Binti and you'll want to read it <laughs> just from what it says. It's like, it's like, what? Evan read it to me, I don't know, like a couple days ago we were on the yeah. phone and I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. That <laughs> looks so really That cool. sounds awesome. But that's really it for me. Uh, me and Effie watched Akira. Uh, I've already oh, seen wow. it. Taking it I back. Mean, yeah. I was like, we got it for, for like months. I've just been like, we got to watch it. It's so cool. We got to watch it. And then we finally put it on. And just like that first scene, you know, just like it's not even a scene. It's like the first like few frames of the movie is it's an atomic bomb going off in Tokyo. And then it's just like Akira. Do you know what year that came out? 88. Yeah. Wow. Nice work, dude. Yeah. yeah. Just watch January 1st, 1980. But did it tell you that that's when it came out at the beginning of the movie? No, but I, I, I just it's in there in the in the it's in impressive. That. But I did not expect you to get it right. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it was it came out in the late eighties, totally, totally. nineties. But yeah, man, what an amazing movie! And that's where the yeah. term Akira Kids comes from. You know, like um, even Effie was just like, "Oh, is this where they got the idea?" Like the people from Stranger Things like got the idea, and I was like, "Yeah, it's like basically." Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first animes I ever watched. Yeah, it was Afro Samurai than Akira. Like the the animation, the music, it's just damn. Like what a yep. what a crowning achievement! Yeah, so we watched that, and just like a few minutes into it, I like paused it to go get something, and I was like, "Are you are you cool with this? Like, do you want to watch this?" And she was just like, "Absolutely, yes! I really want yes. Yeah. Let's keep watching it because it's just like while they're riding around on the motorcycles and stuff, and like the very first couple minutes of the movie, just seeing like the Neo Tokyo like skyline and stuff, and just the 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 artistic achievement that, that movie is is just." out of this world like it looks so good it holds up so well so if any of you are curious about what i'm talking about akira is a legendary anime movie very much um from the late 80s and uh, i don't want to spoil too much about what it's about i already did kind of with the stranger things thing but uh rest assured it's a very very good movie it's super worth the hype and it very much holds up it's, it's a little it's a little violent i guess like it's you know it's, it's a some, little violent. it's not even <laughs> it's pretty violent it, it, <laughs> I know. I, I always say like eh, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's got like, a little bit. It's more. It's it's not even just like violence. It's just like imagery. You know what I mean? There's just some stuff. There's like some flashes of just like whoa, what the hell was that? You know? But yeah, it's very good. But yeah, that's about it for me. Um, I didn't really. I mean, oh yeah, I, I was gonna mention also um just for just making conversation over here. But uh, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. Tell me, tell me, <laughs> man. Yeah, we had a, a winter storm here in Portland. Um, I know that you did in Bend. Yeah. Yeah, man. It like, stressed me out. Like we were. It was. The wind was so bad here in Portland that it knocked over like dozens of trees and knocked out the power. Like, I think we had no power for like almost six hours. Wow. Like hundreds of thousands of people didn't. It was like, it was like over 200,000 people without power. And there's still people that don't have power right now. And it was under 20 degrees. Like it it was freezing. Like it was like really, really, really cold. And thankfully the power came on last night. Now Chad and I were able to do some recording and stuff. 
But I like, couldn't even read because I was just like kind of stressed out and like just kind of like cold. It's like, like the clock is ticking. Like I will freeze to death at some point in the next 20 <laughs> hours, think, you know, <laughs> I, like I didn't think I was going to freeze to death, but it was just it was just weird. And I just wanted to like talk about it a little bit and kind of like commiserate maybe with like with you and like other people that are living in places in like the northern United States and are still dealing with that. Like, I hope you're all OK and like nothing bad happened to you because like, damn. I was talking to Effie about it, you know, because we had gone to Trader Joe's on like Thursday or something. And we like went in there and it was like packed. There were just like, there were so many people in Trader Joe's. We kind of got all, all our stuff. We went to the checkout and I was like, dude, like what the hell is going on? Like this place is like, it's, it was like shoulder to shoulder. There's so many people. And I was like, there's just, just this general air of panic in the air. And the guy at the, uh, the register was like, oh, everybody's panic buying because of the winter storm. And me and Effie both were just like, Ah, this is nah, uh, don't worry. It's like it's gonna be fine. Like Portland always freaks out if it snows, and it's gonna be totally fine. But then, like the power went out, and, like three hours later, me and Effie were just like, "Are we? Are we, we dumb? Should... Like, are we? Because <laughs> we didn't. Like... We should have stocked up, maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah, we like almost ran out of toilet paper. We were just like, "What the hell? Are... What's what's the matter with us? It's weird that it's always about toilet paper. Like, you remember that uh, COVID started." The whole nation sold out of toilet paper yeah. like the first day or something. And it was just odd that of all of the gear to like really yeah. stock up on, the American people really focused in on the toilet paper as being yeah, like a real important one, you know? And all the Europeans with bidets or whatever, I'm sure, are laughing at us. But uh, yeah, I guess we like our toilet paper. <laughs> uh, that was about it for me, though. Um, yeah, I mean, so we had a crazy winter storm. I got some reading done. Didn't really play any games or really watch uh, too much stuff. Glad you're still with us. I am still with everybody, yeah. No, we got over a foot of snow. I'll take it from here if you want, yeah, take if you're it. cool with take that. Away. Uh, we got over a foot of snow, and man, it's like I cleaned off my car at one point in the morning, and then in the evening I needed to use it, and I went out there, and then there was like, almost another foot on top of it like it's just so much fortunately it's that really light fluffy snow so when yeah. i was uh shoveling it wasn't like back breaking work you know yeah, it's the worst when it starts getting like kind of wet and frozen yeah, and stuff. It's yeah just like, totally ugh, like the, so usually heavy. the slickest day on the roads is not the day that it snows but the day after because like chunky snow is pretty good you can like get some find some purchase uh, with your tires in it but once it gets packed down the sun comes out and like gets a little layer of moisture on top and then the night comes it freezes that Ooh, layer yeah. and then you have snow powder snow on top of a frozen layer of ice skating rink like ice and it's just so brutal and we have a lot of roundabouts in this town and roundabouts <laughs> are not the easiest thing to manage on a ice skating like road and there was just so many crashes everywhere I, my heart goes oh, out no. to anyone who experienced any of that trouble just uh everything takes three times as longer so if you're yep. stopping Three times as longer. Turning three times slower. Everything. I miss living in Central Oregon. It was pretty awesome. It's really beautiful. But like driving in the snow, it's, I mean, because even if you're, my parents always explained it to me this way, you know, and it had it drilled into my head. And I'm sure you did too growing up where I did. But like, it's not you. It's other people. No, you know what it's I mean? the like, other people. Yeah. Because yeah. like, <laughs> like, you can drive as carefully as you want, but somebody going 60 miles an hour without snow tires is going to slam into you. Totally. Because they just haven't done it before. Like they don't. It's because when you're driving and even if you drive on a little bit of snow, it's like you're so used to your car stopping when you want it to. And it's like it's like an extension of your body almost. You feel so natural with it. But if, uh, if the right amount of snow and ice gets on the road, like. And you stop and you're going like 40 miles an hour, like you're probably not going to stop and it's going to be a disaster. Like 10 miles an hour. Seriously. Yeah. It's like with thousands of pounds of momentum. Yep. If you get into a slide, just start tapping the brake. Don't stomp on it. Turn your wheel into the direction of the slide. 
side, give it a little bit of gas after a second, it'll be just fine. If you have a front-wheel drive car, if it's rear-wheel drive, you're totally screwed. Just let it go. <laughs> it's got to get those Subarus. Dude, I, uh, all my life I've had no four-wheel drive vehicles. I've only had front-wheel drive, and oh I've gosh. always been fine, even without all of our crazy winters. Uh, just because front-wheel drive is pretty good when you're driving in the snow for traction and stuff. And then I recently just got a 4Runner, which has a back-wheel drive system, but it also has four-wheel drive. Oh, what I've good. learned is that rear-wheel drive is terrible for oh, snow. Oh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's so awful. Because this is what happens. Like, if you're in a front-wheel uh, front drive car and you start sliding, you just turn the wheel kind of the direction of your slide, put on a little bit of gas, you kind of take over the slide, you can just drive out of it. And uh, I used to e-brake roundabouts. Like, I was very good at my front-wheel drive. With the rear-wheel drive, you turn into it and you give it a little bit of acceleration, all you're doing is taking the back of the car <laughs> and throwing it forward. And so you just go into this uncontrolled spin going down the highway, and it's absolutely terrifying, speaking from experience. So the four-wheel drive is on right now, and it kicks ass, so I love it. But your power didn't go out, so were you able to read? Were you able to oh, yeah, co totally, cozy totally. up in your nice warm house? And It was and delightful. Some, well, tell me about it. I made like a full pot of coffee, because I didn't have any cocoa or anything, so I was just like, it's going to be a coffee day. And uh, just read for a long time i'm really trying to finish the he who fights with monsters series because oh, my goal was there you're i right know there. Dude, my goal was to finish it before we started malazan i obviously failed but i'm a good chunk of the way into the last book it's good i'm ready for it to be over and to wrap up and i'm really curious to see how it wraps up and i've reached out to shirtaloon and uh i have not received a response yet but that's okay i'm really going to try hard to get him on this podcast because i would love to talk to him and i think a lot of our listeners would enjoy that interview so i'm working on it and i'm loving the series like i said it's i'm glad that it's going to be over because i've i've spent a lot of time on it and i'm sure everyone listening is like we're also very glad that it's going to be over <laughs> so thanks for sticking with me everybody uh but man do i love that series so much fun uh i've also been reading the final murder bot book oh cool uh, system yeah. collapse yeah so the rest just to give everyone the kind of a overview of the series there's seven murder bot books the first six of them are novellas so they're all really short little books and then the last one system collapse is a full-length novel and I kind of wish she would have stuck with the novella approach. Hmm. Why? Like it seems, it just seems a little like the, the format and like what the story is kind of about and Murderbot kind of discovering his humanity or the differences between his humanity, his sentience, we'll call it. If Murderbot discovering his sentience, it really was benefited by the short little thing where Murderbot discovers a new like thing about himself. And then we get to play with that and and what that means for the how he's going to live out the rest of his life uh, in like a short format. And this seems a little repetitive. Like this one seems like almost a continuation of the fifth book, I believe, which is Network Effect. It just kind of seems like she just tacked on to the end of that one. I was very surprised up until this book that though there's so many of them, none of them were repetitive. They were very, very different from each other, and each one had kind of a unique approach and, and in Murderbot's evolution. But this one, I don't know. It just seems a little samey compared to the other ones, and I just don't really necessarily super love the change of format to the long-form one. Uh, just to give you kind of a rough overview, we have this like bearish Estranza Corporation who's come up a few times in the last few books, and they kind of have a dastardly strategies in order to take over resources on planets and stuff. And basically this time they're sending ships to a newly colonized planet, hoping to kind of trick the colonists there into basically being their servants. And 
as always, uh, old, old Murderbot Sec Unit, who loves just loves saving people, even though he kind of like hates on them the entire time he's doing it. Like stupid humans can't protect themselves. But really, though, stupid humans. You know, yeah, but really, those stupid humans. Themselves. Yeah, and he's up to his old, old, old good stuff, just trying to foil the uh, corporation's plans and get into the colonists first. And this one has, I don't know, and this is just a personal thing, totally, because I always typically like the antagonist of books like the thing that we're trying to overcome to be an outside influence like you know an enemy that's like a person that's not you i don't necessarily want the antagonist to be like a a problem with the hero itself you know or they're having issues and this one there is definitely a little bit of that which i was just like you know i like maybe i just like my heroes to be super heroic but uh, murderbot is definitely experiencing some internal problems with this book that kind of marries pretty well with his attempt to save the colonists and so I don't know. It wasn't my favorite tack to take and it probably isn't my favorite one of the books by any means, but it's a good addition to the series and I'm looking forward to finishing it for sure. Yeah. You put a lot of those away. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they're really short. Totally. So it's not that impressive really, Uh, except for system collapse, which is a little bit longer anyway. And I think, you know, Evan was like, I haven't been reading too much. Well, let me explain why. So we finished our dark age podcast episode, just like what, two, three days ago. Uh, Yesterday. We did that last night. Was that last night? Well, yeah, yeah that's we're right. We're recording it was last this night. on Sunday. So yeah, we did it last night. We recorded the Malazan episode today. We're recording this right yeah, now. We did Skolomance, the last one, Golden Enclaves, with Zoran on Monday. Yeah. You did the Ray Naylor one. Yeah. So like we're very busy finishing up stuff. And we I had finished the Golden Enclaves like, a couple weeks ago. Same with Dark Age. And so I kind of <laughs> had to like re-look at my notes and I watched some like YouTube commentary and stuff. If you have been f- following along with us on the Red Rising series, make sure you go check out that Dark Age podcast episode because it uh it was a fun one evan and i yeah, got into like a yeah. real good philosophical like conversation and some debates and stuff so if you want to yell into your speakers in agreement or disagreement with either one of us it's a good episode for doing that as we definitely take some stances and pull out the philosophical swords yeah i'm pretty pumped for lightbringer like it's funny because like dark age took me the longest to read of any other red rising books after finishing it and talking to you about it like i'm ready for lightbringer i want to read it right now like right this second now that we're talking about it more totally i got it too i'm stoked yeah i've got it right here uh so yeah hopefully we can get that done really quickly we'll we'll finish that up because yeah i I made a i made a schedule for me and chad for i'm not going to share it with anybody because like don't share our podcast schedule it's a secret schedule it's a secret schedule now i made our schedule and while i was typing it out i was like damn this is really long and then i sent it to chad (laughs) through a text message for some reason and then i guess he just like barely looked at it and then (laughs) closed his phone it's like tight (laughs) thanks evan I like called him and I was like, did you look at the schedule? You know, I'm like sweating into my phone and he's just like, ah, yeah, I mean, like kind of. Yeah, great job, man. <laughs> but we do have a schedule and um, we have a lot of stuff to get through because we do need to get Binti done. And we're going to try our very, very best to have the first Throne of Glass episode up before the end of the month, um, probably the, la- the very last day of the month. Totally. But in order to accomplish these goals, we've had, because I know we've talked about this next year, kind of being a little more relaxed, a little bit more sure. linear as Except to for our this approach. month for some reason. Yeah, but yeah. that's like, yeah, so that this month we have to kind of finish up the old things that we're taking care of red rising the uh, the scolomance and kind of just wrap up some of the things that we've been working on so with the exception of january hopefully this year we'll be a little more relaxed a little bit more um on track a little more linear but yeah in order to do that we will be releasing i don't know three or four episodes a week so make sure you're keeping an eye on what we're coming out with because it's a lot yeah it is still <laughs> it's funny how we said we needed to relax and now <laughs> in order to accomplish that goal though we it's, have to go through a little bit of the chaos first well and also like uh i think that it, it it feels more relaxed for us because of the sheer 
silly amount that I thought we could do last year that I like ha- like heaped onto us in like the first week of the year. I was like, here's everything we're doing. It was a lovingly and excited heap, though. I suppose so. But yeah, uh, now I feel a little bit. I just feel like we can handle this, even though it's a, a lot. I, th- I do feel confident about handling it. And not only that, but I feel like both uh, and I can't can't speak for Throne of Glass, we haven't started it yet, but I think that our excitement for Malazan and yeah. for Throne of Glass and stuff will really kind of fuel this year's awesomeness as we go through recording podcasts about what we've just read. Uh, whereas in some of the other book series, especially lately in uh, November and December, I feel like we just kind of got a little tired of them. And so yeah, we was, yeah. maybe didn't attack them with the excitement that I really want to have in our podcast because no, no fun reading about someone who's just like bummed about what they're reading the whole time, you know? No, totally. Have you started Lightbringer? I have not, no. Okay, cool. Yeah, we should, yeah, we'll both get on When? It. What's your goal for how, when we get that done? I'm not going to say because I don't want to. Oh, right. I, yeah, we're not about that this year, man. We're, yeah, we're good just, call, good call. We're just, we're just hanging out making podcast episodes. Hanging buddy. out making like, podcasts, all right. Uh, <laughs> I do just, need to finish it, I'll though. I'll just stress myself out, yeah. We've got Malas on, and if you listen to our episode on it, you will hear... Evan and I being like, maybe not just a little confused on some things. We just bandied back and got some things wrong and lots right. And I think maybe like I'm just so used to when I finish a book, I have like a pretty decent grasp of like what I want to talk about, what I have questions about. You know, I, I know what happened in the book, like 90 for 95 percent of the time. Like I'm, I just I've developed a decent reading comprehension over the yes, last you know, couple couple decades with Gardens of the Moon. Like the podcast, we haven't done like a partial episode. Or a partial part of the book for an episode like a year and a half in a long time yeah and so I, I forgot maybe you can hear it in the episode if you listen to it tomorrow but like i was just kind of like frustrated because i i forgot some of the stuff and i was having to, i felt kind of just dumb like i felt dumb like talking about it on a podcast because i was just like what the it hell does that like what we is should that even know this stuff yeah, but it's like we're know, halfway through the book we're a third of the way through the book a third we're of the not, way through yeah, the book exactly yeah, yeah so I, I was just kind of like frustrated with that episode and i kind of said i gotta edit it and like listen to myself be confused for <laughs> an hour and listen to you like not listening to me because you're looking at your notes and then <laughs> totally <laughs> but none of you will hear that so i have a yeah. false sense of confidence sometimes too because like yes i've read like seven of these before and so i was like oh, i know this series it'll be great but the, it was also like 11 years ago that i read yeah. them and so it's like i'm like blundering my way into some answers to some of your questions that i'm pretty sure were totally wrong so be generous okay. with us i guess it's fine. I'm having fun, man. Like I, I'm so looking forward to how much farther away we're going to be from the events that are happening in the first episode of this series into yeah. like book nine, book ten, when in like November of this year. And <laughs> it's gonna be a it's gonna be quite the journey. Excited also to kind of like, you know, lean back a little bit and, you know, take our time with other stuff and just not heap so much on ourselves and, you know, take take it easy. Even though uh we will be doing house of the dragon episodes that's happening yes we will <laughs> when does that start do we know june i think i could be wrong but i need to do a rewatch obviously of the first season right before that comes out show will be released in august 2024 august yep why <laughs> all right whatever it's fine that's such a whiny why why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why will we will we be doing the second season of uh the Lord of the Rings show? Mm, probably not. I don't know if it comes. I don't, eh, eh, I don't know. Like maybe we'll do maybe. one for all of them. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I could, I could see us. I could see us. I remember that. being pretty overwhelmed. I mean, as as long as it if it comes out at a different time of the year, 
than House of the Dragon, then yeah, I'm a lot more down to do it. But last time it was like the exact the same, same time, the same yeah. month. So we had to do at least we added two more weekly episodes to our our pile, and it was a there lot. Some, if I remember, I think for that month we had some weeks where we put out like six episodes a yeah. week or something like that. I remember yeah, our numbers like were like really high up. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh my god, our numbers are huge, and you were like, well, no, it's just because. We've had like, like seven episodes this week. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, I really hate to pop this bubble, up, bro, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, that's all that I'm reading. Uh, just kind of wrapping up some things here as we begin the year and, uh, and and try to get onto our new path of reading, our new approach to podcasting and reading. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to clean up some of the stuff. I did continue watching 1883, which is the kind of prequel to the Yellowstone show. It's like how the Dutton family makes their way across the Oregon Trail, how they end up in Montana and the actions and events that occur on their journey westward. And man, it's great. I, I think I like it more than I do. I, I do like it more than Yellowstone. Or fun. Mm -hmm. I like the setting more. I like the Oregon Trail is more fun than a family who has like a ranch in Montana mm -hmm. and are like trying to fight the local politicians who keep trying to like turn it into apartment buildings or like resorts or whatever you know i really uh appreciate your ability to work on stuff on your computer while you're watching tv it's because i can't i can do it with audiobooks if i'm doing other stuff depending on the audiobook and stuff but man i was i'm just really bad at watching i have to like rewind stuff even if i was just sitting there watching <laughs> I, don't like, wrong. I, I definitely rewind stuff from time to time man yeah like sometimes i'm just like wait who where did that guy come from like what <laughs> like it must be so frustrating to watch tv with can't figure <laughs> it out nah i mean you always have little uh tidbits because your knowledge base is like ridiculous the memory the things within your memory are vast and very varied yeah but what if i had to like keep pausing it every 10 minutes could you like because so i could be like no. oh did you know that, that would be annoying for yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's what it's like to watch TV with me. So, and I don't know what's going on. So, I mean, thank you for the compliment of dual of being able to dual uh, wield my my working and my uh, watching. But I do typically tend to pick shows that kind of lend to that format. So, like, I watch a lot of anim animes, like, like Netflix animes. If you've listened to these Monday mornings at all this last year, you'll know that I'm on a bit of a kicker. Um, though I'm, I didn't watch any anime this last week, but uh, it's just kind of nice to watch alongside while you're doing something else. You don't have to know every little minutiae so i think anime kind of pairs well with that 1883 not so much and i find myself more just watching it and not doing other things while i'm doing it i, I intend to but it just looks so good and uh has has captured my attention so i usually just kind of forget about what else or else i'm doing but the characters are really cool the acting is awesome so many twists and turns if you liked yellowstone at all you'll like 1883 and you'll probably like it more because i did have you watched the new Godzilla movie? I don't. I wanted to pick your brain and see if you had seen no, that yet. No, but for the a week, I saw, no, I saw the trailer like a million times, though. Yeah, I, so it's playing at a theater that's like kind of close to my... I might go watch it this week. I'm, I'm not promising anything. Man, I really want to see that new Godzilla movie. Like, it looks awesome. It looks really, really cool. Is it called The New Empire? Is that the no, one? No, it's called Minus One. Oh, Minus One. And if you're listening right now and you've seen it, let, me, let us know in the Discord what you thought about it, because uh, I don't know. Like, There's a movie theater near my place. Well, I mean, it's like... I don't have a car and it's like kind of far away <laughs> so not really near but it's on the same side of town but there's a movie theater that's got like the really nice like you know recliner seats in it oh those are the best oh it's so cool i don't mind paying a little extra for that dude no. i really like going to the movies i i, I want to go more often we should because the industry is on its way out i feel <laughs> that's like what they say about everything man people can, can, can but i do okay here's the thing like i i understand that like there is a little bit of like, oh, the industry is dying, but it's like, it's not people still going to the movies, but 
I do understand though why staying home is like a thousand times better <laughs> than sure, like yeah. in most in most circumstances. Like like so for the new Dune movie, I'm not gonna watch that in my house. Like I'm going Hell to no. a movie theater to go see that. You know what I mean? Like there's no it can't be a better experience at my house. The movie, like the 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 sitting down and not spending a bunch of money experience will always be cool but i'm not like i live in like an apartment i can't like turn up that tv and like get like that subwoofer and, and the soul shake of like the engines and stuff yeah but i'm not gonna go see like the barbie movie <laughs> which i heard was really good oh no, yeah i bet the barbie movie was actually really killer in theaters because of just how vibrant it was but i have a really nice tv so like right like why I mean, i'm sure the barbie movie would look really vibrant on my tv too right i have a hundred inch screen projector nice. so i can watch it huge in my room you know barbie just got put cool. on to max i should watch that you should yeah i've heard really good things about it from my roommate they my roommate and his partner have watched it twice and invited me to watch it this last week with them but then something came up and they ended up watching something else but i'm, I'm gonna be watching it with him at some point in the next few weeks and i'll give you my review and uh We'll talk about it a little bit when I do. But yeah, uh, on the Godzilla thing, the new Empire, that one's coming out this next year. Apparently there's another Godzilla oh. one coming out. That's why I had that in my head. Yeah, that's the see, minus one. Like, that's the kind of movie where it's like, yeah, I could watch it at home. But like, I think I need it to be loud. Like, I think I right, need that movie. scaled. Yeah, and scaled, too. And I, was, and I can't make popcorn like movie theater no. popcorn. There is a way to do it because... It's not like movie theaters have like magic popcorn dispensers. Right. right? Like you can get all this stuff for it. Uh, there's like a certain we're gonna we're gonna go down this rabbit hole real quick. Let's Hang do on. it. Let's do it. Can you hear my my keyboard clicking? Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, okay. I remember I searched this up once because I was and I forgot about it. But it's a, it's an ingredient called flavacol. Flavacol. You've likely never heard of flavacol because really only movie theaters use it. Essentially, it's butter flavored salt. It's really what? fine, or bright orange powder that adds that buttery flavor you crave and a signature yellow color. So you can buy flavacol on Amazon, of course. Uh, uh, flavacol popcorn seasoning. But like what I'm wondering though, is it's like, sure, but it's, it's it, for some reason, I feel like it's still not going to taste like the movie theater. There's a certain, yeah. like, I feel like there's a certain like staleness. Dude, I was, <laughs> I was just going to say like... when you paused that because movie theater popcorn, it's like, you're not getting just the recent batch. You're getting like, like 30 or 40% of the new batch, but the rest is like the older batches and the older From batches. Like so 10 it's got years ago. Yeah. So it's got kind of an aged wine sort of approach, yeah. but somehow that kind of makes it better. I don't know. I don't, man, I, I, maybe it's just my nostalgia bone, but like, I fucking love nostalgia movie theaters. Bone. I really like movie theaters a lot. They're really cool. I like buying overpriced popcorn i don't know what it is i like the event of it it's yeah nice. i like the event man uh, that makes me want to go see a movie tomorrow because I, th I think that the godzilla minus one movie only there's only one showing of it uh, but um i love me a good monster movie yeah in a movie theater in, in a movie theater yeah, yeah totally. i saw uh cloverfield in theaters when that came oh, out me too i Ooh, threw up from it that was crazy <laughs> yeah did we go yeah. together i think we might have gone we might that have yeah because there's a period of our lives where a few of our friends worked at movie theaters and so we got and they could like have their plus ones kind of in and so we had a lot of i remember movies. uh for I, I feel like we were, we're down to like the loyalists at the end of these episodes but uh, <laughs> yeah, wanna... which is 100 percent of everybody <laughs> thanks guys we love you thank you appreciate y'all but i remember uh, barely but i remember you and me and a couple of our friends went to go see star trek but it was the second star trek i remember vividly we went and saw the second star trek movie and we were like messing around couldn't figure out 
what we were doing. No, I think it was the first one. No, because well, I remember very vividly it was the second one. Okay. Because the first one we did, we saw that one together too, but it was oh, under okay, different okay, cir- okay. it was under different circumstances. But we went and saw the second one, uh, Into Darkness, I think is what it's called. I think so, right? Yeah. And we were already kind of running late, but it was whatever. And I, when I was getting ready, I ate like a whole like brownie that we had, like weed brownie that we had made. Ugh. And it was like the homemade kind where like no one knows how much is actually in each. Right. <laughs> it could have been like 200 milligrams. I have no idea. Like it, right. it was, it was, <laughs> and it was so intense, but like I was fine. And then when we got to the movie theater, I remember vividly, like we, we all piled in the movie theater and it was like the second night that the movie was out. And so the, the theater was packed except for the very front row. And I remember oh, like yeah. right when I, it was like right when I looked at the seats, I got a crazy head change from the brownie that I ate, everyone was like, oh no, we have to sit up front. And in my mind, I was like, oh no, we have to sit up front. (laughs) (laughs) And then we like went and sat in the very, very front of the theater. I remember that. And and like that movie was so chaotic and it just like opens up with so much chaos. I was just like cowering with all the lights and sounds and everything. And then I fell asleep. Two inches from the screen. (laughs) I fell asleep like for like wow. half an hour and i was awakened by an explosion <laughs> it was such a chaotic like movie going experience man um, can i just say i love those two bit movies i don't know if they've continued them on but i really love those two movies the first one's way better so the first star trek remake is like amazing it's very so good. very good and they did such a smart thing by making it in an alternate dimension because of yeah. course there's gonna be a million trekkies out there gonna be like actually um on that world the environment is you know hot and it's supposed to cold there's some just little detail that people would complain about online on reddit forums or whatever and they did such a smart thing by having it be like an adjacent like parallel universe because all of those little minutiae details that are different can be explained away by like well yeah it's a different universe so there's uh star trek and then star trek into darkness and then um oh my god you're right it was the first star trek that we saw together because into darkness came out in 2013 i know i saw that one with you okay my bad totally wrong whatever messed that up nice but it was the first star trek yeah because that makes more sense because i was it was it was too much for me because the first scene in the first star trek movie is out of control Whoa. dude i cried it was really what brutal. should we name him i was like oh, he's so strong <laughs> and he, <laughs> you know you know anyway but then there's star trek beyond which um is interesting because that came out in 2016 i feel like i haven't heard much about it but that's a that's not jj abrams but it was written by simon Pegg. that's interesting and it's dedicated to the victims of the 9-11 disasters at the end and it's kind of laced with conspiracy theory stuff yeah Star Trek Beyond? Whatever the second one is. Oh, that's Into Darkness. Oh, Into Darkness, my bad. Yeah, that one is. And then there's uh, Star Trek Four, which doesn't even have a release date, which is interesting because that's almost it's like eight years ago. Since yeah, right. Uh, then an untitled prequel film. So they're still working on Star Trek stuff, but I um, would really, really like to go see Lord of the Rings in theaters because uh, they do like the, they kind of like reshow them sometimes. Uh, McMinimins here in Portland for those of you who don't know, McMinimins is like a a conglomerate restaurant chain posing as a family establishment. But they yeah. have like <laughs> I know that sounds like kind of mean, but like there's like thirty of them in in Oregon, and they're all just like kind of like they were cool in like the nineties, but like yeah, they typically tend to take over historical sites of some like minor significance <laughs> yeah, within a seriously. town, you know. Yeah, so it's like, oh, this used to be the old like city council hall, and then yeah. we changed it into a restaurant and a yeah. smoke bath or whatever. Like, you we're know? a local, yeah. Hey, we got local beer and local food, and it's like, dude, this is a thirty-five dollar pizza. Like, what are you guys? Right, doing? right. That you guys ridiculous. unfroze. 
<laughs> yeah um, but anyway McMinimins, the baghdad theater here in portland does a i don't know if it's yearly but they roll out like a whole menu and everything and there's like lord of the rings inspired like food and so you can pay like oh, cool. a you can pay like a base price and like get a bunch of this food and the tickets and stuff and it's like all the extended editions it's like a whole big event but i'm pretty sure it sells out like immediately you know but it would be cool to go. i would like to go see it with the symphony too that'd be really cool oh that would be awesome that. did you watch below deck I still haven't watched that, no. Oh, you, it's you really good. Really it's really it. funny. Yeah, and then there's also another one, another animated one. Um, I think Star Trek Prodigy, my memory serves me, that's also really good on Netflix. Like, they really crushed both of those shows. Prodigy is more of, like, a young protagonist and his crew, like, adventuring the galactic systems. But the Below Deck one was more just, like, a comedy show, which was very funny. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. I, my, my Star Trek is uh, kind of shaky, you know? When you were growing up, which one did you watch? I watched Next Generation with my dad. Yeah, same. But I remember always being disappointed that it wasn't Star Wars. You know what I mean? Because, oh. like, I would see, like, my dad would be watching, like, space stuff, and I'd go in and, like, my, like, I wasn't like, oh, I recognize all those characters and that set. I was just like, ah, I don't know who any of this is. Like, where's Darth Vader? So I'd have a little bit of, like, a, a lag you know, where I didn't know which one it was for a second. Right. And then I'd be like, damn it. Like, this is the boring one. You know, like, this is the one that's not Star Wars. Um, but now, then I get older and I, you know, I like being cozy and falling asleep while I'm watching stuff. So next generation. Dude, next generation. It holds <laughs> up, man. Watching it. Don't worry. I don't know if it was uh, the Scotty. I don't I think it was the Scotty on next generation. But I remember as a child, I just hated the character who of Scotty for some reason. And I like I have no reason for my vitriolic feelings towards him. But I remember as a child, just like hating every scene that Scotty was in. And I don't really know why I hated him so much. Maybe you need to revisit it. Maybe I do. Maybe there's some like weird trauma there I need to deal with, you know, <laughs> Scotty hate. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today here on the Monday morning minute. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we will have lots and lots of episodes coming your way here pretty shortly. Uh, some of it's already up as we're speaking and some of it's coming out tomorrow, but then we also have quite a few books left to read before we get on track with uh throwing a glass and miles we do. it's gonna be exciting next 30 days yeah and some some cool interviews that you guys don't even know about because i'm not uh -huh. doing that i'm not playing that game this year i'm not gonna tell you a bunch of stuff Ain't playing that I'm, game no i'm just gonna drop stuff on you so haha -ha, deal with it anyway i'm gonna go read lightbringer i think dude me too oh, i'll probably read some more gardens of the moon honestly i'm really stoked about that yeah we need to well, yeah because we need to record for anyway doesn't matter uh, everybody love you so much thank you for listening to this episode uh check out the discord discord's popping off lots of new people joining the discord it's awesome Dude, it there. Is popping off yeah discord is great uh please support us on patreon so that chad and i can keep doing this uh, in the way that we do it it's, it's very 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 helpful the more we are supported by the three dollars a month the more we can keep making awesome content for you guys and grow this community which really helps everyone so it's just just a really blessing and and very important that we have the patreon members so thanks so much everybody yep thank you so much for listening hope you all have an amazing rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody <laughs> <laughs>